Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back. It's Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine podcasts. My name is John Boccasino, being joined, of course, by Jamie D'Amico. We are here uh, week five. Uh, this most unusual NFL season uh, is, is taking shape and taking place amidst the coronavirus, the global pandemic that has wreaked havoc on every aspect of our lives. And of course, sports is no exception to that. This week has been fraught with uncertainty as we're not really quite sure what the status is going to be of Buffalo's week five game with the Tennessee Titans. The Titans, of course, have had a major COVID outbreak on their hands. There have been since September 24th, I believe there have been 23 Titans who have tested positive for coronavirus, 13 players and 10 staff and coach members. Uh, Clearly it's a, it's an uncertain situation. It's ever evolving. So by the time you hear this podcast, this might've changed dramatically, but Jamie and I are here to talk a little bit about what the hell is going on. What's going on with the COVID cases. What's going on with this showdown, uh, which was going to have huge AFC implications with these being two of the, six undefeated teams in the conference. Jamie, I guess let's start with this. Where do you stand with regards to this game actually being played? Right now it's scheduled for a Tuesday night, 7 p.m. kickoff. What are your thoughts? Well, if you watched the VP debates this past week, you know that politicians are really good at pivoting to the topics that they'd prefer to speak about. And that is a great question. but. If you don't mind, I'm going to answer a different question. Sure, man. Go for it. (laughs) Which is actually what I'm going to do is ask you a question. Because here's the thing. I, doing two podcasts, you doing this podcast and writing for Buffalo Rumblings, we have rearranged schedules. We have not known what's going on with the game. And frankly, it's messing me up a little bit. You know, are they going to play Sunday? Are they going to play Tuesday? Are they not going to play at all? What's going to happen if there's another COVID test? That's actually driving me up the wall a little bit. So when we look at the players, they're having their livelihood kind of trampled on a little bit because they don't know when, if they're going to play, when they have to travel, changing around the practice schedule. I'm wondering what this is doing to the players and whether or not they're really going to be mentally prepared for the game on Sunday. I personally, I I think that Sean McDermott is pretty good at keeping his team's head in the game, but what do you make of that? 
would would that have an effect on you and how do you see that affecting the team? And sorry to take it away from your question. I just sort of felt like for a moment I wanted to be the host. So there. <laughs> well, hey, we are co-hosts on this fine podcast. No, no. We're cool to pivot. You, you run the board. You are the most important one here. Oh, buddy, you're too kind out there. It's a team effort here on Believe. I will never accept the the kudos other than it's a cool podcast and get to talk bills each and every week. And but Jamie, you know, you you bring up a valid point, and I, I'll I'll definitely get to your question uh, here with my response. But we are very fortunate, you and I, that we have jobs. We're paid. We're safe. Um, you know, we're 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 staying safe during these crazy, uncertain times. And our paychecks and our livelihoods don't depend on going directly in contact with a potential viral outbreak of COVID-19. The Buffalo Bills, the Tennessee Titans, and everybody else in the league, they don't have that luxury. Their livelihood depends on putting it on the line, padding up, and going out there and potentially contracting this virus. And it pissed me off to no end to know that that member of the Las Vegas Raiders, I think his last name was Hurst, had tested positive for COVID after the Bills game, which most likely means that when the Bills and Raiders were playing in Vegas last week, members of the offensive line who were going up against him were facing someone who was a potential COVID spreader. That, to me, is terrifying because you can come off and you can test negative all you want, and you can be asymptomatic and not know that you're a carrier. That's how uncertain this virus is. There are players who are going up against players who certainly have the virus and don't know it. And that is why I'm so worked up over the NFL needs to take a pause with their schedule. The NFL needs to just shut it down, in my opinion, for two weeks, let everyone figure out what the hell is going on, try to get this under control. And I know that there's no safeguards, Jamie, that if they do this, things are going to be without issue when they resume the season. But right now, there's too much uncertainty. There's too much we don't know. Yes, the Titans have had two straight days of no positive tests. But that's only the fourth time in the last 12 days that we can say the Titans have had no positive tests. How on earth can you justify even pushing this game to Tuesday, thinking it's going to be under control by the time they kick off at 7 p.m. in Nashville? To me, I would shut it down and I would put a pause on this whole freaking season. Well, if you're going to have a season, whether it be this year, next year, we don't know when COVID is going to come under control. And I would imagine that Hearst tested positive for the first time on Monday. So he was probably tested because I believe they're tested every two days. How can you ever be sure that somebody isn't a carrier and that there isn't going to be a possibility? I feel like there's so much money that changes hands as a result of an NFL season that if you start taking breaks from the action, the NFL is going to have to provide some relief to the networks. And, you know, there's... There's really a huge trickle-down effect because the stadiums that have workers that are that are there, um, those are people that aren't going to be getting paychecks. I feel like if you're going to have an NFL season at all, there's going to be risks, and I I hope that the players are responsible with the choices that they make. Maybe what they need to do is go into a pod, but do you really think that? taking two weeks off would make any difference at all because you can't really police players when they're away from the game. Now, granted, you can throw down some huge 
fines and penalties to the Titans for really not getting it under control and for having their players, once their facility was canceled, get together to have practices at a local school, which is just so irresponsible. But you can't control people. So if you're going to shut it down for two weeks, would you do you I mean, would you just shut it down for the rest of the season? Would I mean they're they're thinking about well, they're they're saying that COVID cases are going to increase as the cold weather comes back. And we're looking at almost doubling the number of cases by January is one of the thoughts. What are we going to do? Are are we not going to have actual football to talk about here on Believe? Is that what you want? <laughs> Jamie, listen, no, it is not. Um, it is not what I want in any way, shape or form. It's leave it to a pandemic to come in and wreak havoc on, you know, Buffalo's most promising team and season, but I'm going to be that guy. There's more important things in life than football. And how dare you? I, you listen, you can send all the hate, all the shunning at John Boccasino on Twitter. I'm more than happy to welcome it. These are guys out there that are putting their lives on the line to earn a paycheck. And for every Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who's earning $40 million a year, there's guys like Antonio Williams, who's bouncing back and forth from the practice squad. There's you know guys who are getting paid the league minimum to go out there. And by the way, Jamie, did you know if COVID cancels any games, any postponement, the players don't get a paycheck. They don't get a paycheck for not playing when they're doing the safe and smart thing by not putting their bodies on the line to this virus. The NFL, to me, is a captain of hypocrisy. You claim player safety. You claim that you care about your players and making sure that their well-beings are maintained. And then you don't have some provision in all the billions and billions of dollars that the owners have in their coffers that you can't find some way to do an emergency paycheck for these players if they choose not to play or if games are canceled. I know they did it before the season, a one-time only thing. I still feel like there should be some provisions worked in during the season for situations like this, where if someone is on the fence, does have young children at home or elderly parents that they're taking care of, that they don't have to risk their livelihood and make that tough decision between do I get paid or do I potentially come in contact with COVID? Another example of the NFL Players Union just being incredibly weak. Now, players are getting paid for opting out of the season, but if a game is canceled due to COVID, they're not getting paid. The NFLPA not doing their job. Troy Vincent, wake up, buddy. (laughs) Absolutely. Wake up, do your job. And by the way, talking about the players and, and stupidity, how stupid are you if you are a member of the Tennessee Titans who basically got captured at a local high school breaking COVID protocols. And it wasn't like it was one or two players. There were tons of players, tons of key pivotal players who were out there captured in this photo, clearly breaking league protocol. The Titans need and deserve to be punished for this blatant lack of regard and respect for this virus. This is what happened with baseball, Jamie, when you had, the St. Louis Cardinals and the Miami Marlins uh, back in July, right after the season started, there were cases that broke out amongst those two franchises because players were lax and didn't take it seriously. And it almost shut down the season. Now baseball managed to get back on track and they're going through the playoffs right now without, without much of an issue. 
The NFL, to me, this is more symptomatic of it being a problem where people are just not taking this as seriously. And I'm not saying a shutdown is going to prevent it altogether, but at least it would allow maybe there's a way to examine it would be really complex, but some sort of bubble option, East Coast, West Coast, Southern bubbles, where they could figure out some way to get this under control. Because, Jamie, I'm afraid that the season's not going to make it. I, I, the NFL had these safeguards in place, supposedly, where they were expecting cases to come back and positive cases to run through some teams. But they were not expecting it this early in the season after week four and, you know, again, and Maurice Hurst was the name of the Raiders defensive tackle who attested positive. You've got Cam Newton, Stephon Gilmore with the Patriots. I mean, there's a ton of players not even factoring in the 23 with the Tennessee Titans. This is happening earlier than the league expected. And I don't think the league has a plan for containment. I think they're basically saying we trust our team and we trust our players to do the smart thing and stay healthy and practice safe social distancing, but that's just not the case. Containment was always going to be an issue in the NFL because there's so much physical contact. With baseball, at least, you have distancing. You know, your left fielder isn't standing close to any batters unless they get on base. And then, you know, of course, they have interaction with the umpire and the catcher, maybe the first baseman. But that's it. The NFL... It's a contact sport. It's predicated on putting your grill up in the opposite team, opposite players' grill. And, you know, there's a lot of talking that goes on. There's a lot of there's a lot of bodily fluids flying. And I don't mean that in a strange or weird kind of way. I mean, there's sweat, there's saliva, there's things getting into people's eyes. There's things getting into people's mouths. It's, you know, there's, there's no way to keep people away from each other. So if you have one player that gets infected, the other players are going to get infected. It's just how it goes. And the Bills escaping without, without any COVID after playing against Maurice Hurst of the Raiders, who had it at that moment, well, I, I feel like there was a lot of luck involved there. Now, something that you bring up, which is potentially getting the the feeling that players aren't taking it seriously. Well, therein lies the rub, not just in football, but everywhere, which is different people have a different idea of what distancing is and how serious to take it. And an example I can give from my life, I friend of mine invited us over to her house, said, hey, we're going to be in the backyard. We're going to make sure that we're socially distanced. We're going to have a couple of drinks. Come on over. Thought, great. It's going to be her and a couple other people. No, she had like seven people there and we were all like right up against each other. And I was like, hey, you know what? We're not going to stick around here. This is just, it's too close for comfort. And I personally... I'm one of those people who catches everything that's going around. I have a terrible immune system, so I don't really want to chance it here. But it's not that she was malicious. It's just that she has a different a different definition of what distance looks like. Also, different people have different needs. This is also a person who lives alone, so needs that social interaction in, in order to maintain her mental health, which is a 
it's been a big issue to people along the way. Now, football teams, going back to that, they don't have the issue with needing human interaction. They get a ton of it because they're around their team all the time. But from person to person, just to wrap up my point here, the definition of responsible behavior is different. And it's it's very tough to get everybody on the same page, especially when you consider that a lot of people say, oh, I'm distanced. Yeah, but you're surrounded by seven people. Oh, yeah, but they're family. That doesn't count. They can be family and still a carrier. Damn it. Yeah, no, you're right, Jamie. And it, it does all come down to your personal preference and, and, and who you've got relying on you and who you're living with. And if you have elderly parents or grandparents, you come in contact and people take personal responsibility to be a very different uh, phrase and definition based on their circumstances. And I get that. Uh, I'm not going to go down the politicalization of masks and I don't understand why that's such a political issue, why people can't just do their part and wear their masks. But here we are. Oh, I could tell you why, but we shouldn't do that here. Yeah, we are not a political uh, podcast here, but we we are trying to bring our Bills fans some perspective as to how two fans feel as we're sitting here with all this uncertainty. And Jamie, I want to go back to something we were both talking about earlier with the Tennessee Titans and accountability. And here's the, the you mentioned the rub. Here's really what rubs me the wrong way with this whole circumstance with the Tennessee Titans and this off-site gathering or gatherings. There's apparently been multiple gatherings. It's a there's there's a really comprehensive story written by Paul Kaharski. He used to write for ESPN covering the Tennessee Titans. He's got his own blog, paulkaharski.com. He talks about how on two separate occasions, the Titans were told no in-person meetings, workouts, or activities at the facility or elsewhere. So that's very clear. Don't get together. Don't practice. Don't do anything in person. On several occasions at a private school, there were large groups of football players who were easily identified as Titans, including supposedly Ryan Tannehill, the quarterback, who were there during classes in the middle of the day practicing. There were defensive back gatherings. There were, you can see they're doing offensive and defensive drills out there on the field. And to me, that is blatant disregard, not only for the NFL and and what they're trying to do to contain this but for again the safety and well-being of everybody else and it punished you know the good teams who are following the rules the good teams who are doing everything they're supposed to like the buffalo bills are now being punished for the reckless actions of people that are not following code and not following protocol and to me Jamie it not only pisses me off because it's putting this whole season in jeopardy which was such a tenuous balancing act to begin with and it's potentially torpedoing a really good buffalo bills squad but it's also putting players who, again, are following the rules at risk for coming down with this. And you can say, you can cite the numbers for what the, the death rate is of people who have passed away from COVID. I'm not even talking about that. If you survive, let's say you come down with COVID and you survive it. We still don't know enough about the long-term health ramifications. And for a lot of these guys on the offensive line, on the defensive line, the big boys, any issues to their lungs, any scarring to their lungs, any damage to their ability to breathe and live their lives, if we can prevent that by just doing smart things like not gathering in groups when you're not supposed to, it's reckless to act otherwise. And that's why I feel like the hammer should really come down on the Tennessee Titans for this reckless disregard when it comes to protocol. I agree with that. Now, 
let me give you something out of out of my life. This is sometimes how things go for me, but I'm not a huge college basketball fan, mostly because the school that I went to had a Division One program, but they weren't competitive, and it's it's sort of I followed it, but. You know, I grew up a Syracuse fan, so I kind of stuck with them until about eight years ago when my alma mater, the University of Dayton, started playing really well in the tournament. And they had a couple of excellent tournament runs. And this year, oh my goodness, this past year, they had the AP Player of the Year. They had um, the AP OB Toppin. OB Toppin, buddy. OB Toppin was so much fun to watch out there for your Flyers. They had the AP Coach of the Year. They were going in as, I think, a two seed. And I'm fairly confident that they were going to win March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament this past year. What I don't want to happen is to have my football team with an MVP candidate that is undefeated so far, end up having their season canceled and ended the exact same way the college basketball season ended because, damn it, I need a team that makes a deep run in one sport or another. Please give it to me, NFL, everybody, follow the damn rules. (laughs) Could not agree more. Preach it from the rooftops. Preach it from the rafters. I still I don't think the season has to be scrapped at this point, but I feel like these next couple of weeks are really going to be crucial to whether the season can stay on the rails or not. Now, I've heard the last thing I'll say on this topic, Jamie, I've heard people say, oh, well, the NFL, you know, they're really reluctant to move the Super Bowl back from February because of all the arrangements and agreements and all that. Well, you know what? In this day and age of COVID, everybody has to be flexible to every possible solution. And if you're telling me that these owners can't get together, there's there's flexibility in this schedule. And I might be in the minority in this, but that one of the reasons I mentioned pushing back and taking a pause on the schedule is I don't see why the NFL shouldn't explore the possibility of if they do need to shut things down Why couldn't the Super Bowl be held at the end of February? Why couldn't it be held the first week in March? There is nothing going on. The NFL wants to control the news cycle 24-7, 365. If you push the Super Bowl to a Wednesday in March, which they never would do, but if you did it, it would still draw crazy good ratings and generate billions of dollars of revenue for the NFL, which is my way of saying if there's a will, there's a way. If they need to push this back and put pause, they can easily find time to make the Super Bowl happen later in the winter. I Yes, I 100% agree, and I often wonder why they didn't delay the start of the season by a month, Um, but so far, with the exception of the guys in Tennessee not following the rules, there have only been a smattering of positive tests, so it is going well. For the most part, when you consider the number of players on each team, and that includes their practice squads, which are expanded this year, you know, you're looking at you know, team staffs, which are you know, dozens deep, and then you have over 70 players that are all practicing together. It's not going badly. So, you know, that that is something we can hang our hats on. We just need everybody to follow the proper protocols. I, and, you know, if it were my team, I would say, you know, I actually, I actually do like the fact that 
they still want to practice. They shouldn't be, but they still have it in them. And there's something completely different that I want to address. You did bring up that the Bills were screwed. And people have been saying this whole thing is screwing the Buffalo Bills. But how? If the Bills played on Sunday as scheduled, they would have had four days to prepare for their following game against the Kansas City Chiefs. By playing on Tuesday, they get an extra two days to prepare for this game and then an extra game to prepare. I'm sorry, an extra day to prepare for the Chiefs by playing on Sunday. So I actually think the Bills are making out in this deal with the exception of having the day that it's played bounced around a little bit, which, you know, mentally I don't think is good. And we opened the show with that, but they're actually getting an extra day rest. Yeah, no. And on that point, Jamie, I think you're right that the Bills are benefiting from the extra day off. What I was talking about when I was saying the Bills are getting screwed is the fact of having to go against, look, transparency is not the NFL's strong suit. No. When they came out and were like, well, only Cam Newton tested positive for the Patriots. My first thought was, that's a load of garbage. There's going to be other players that test positive. How rare is it for there to just be one player when Cam Newton is getting the ball from the center, handing off to the running backs, passing to his receivers and tight ends, throwing interceptions that could be picked off by Stephon Gilmore, it's so much more likely that there's multiple players who are going to test positive than there being a single isolated case. And that to me is why the bills are getting screwed by having to play this game versus the Titans, because I just don't feel confident in the fact that yes, the Titans have two straight days of negative tests, but between now and Tuesday, what's to say there's not going to be more positives. I hope there's not the odds are not though in the favor of this game, not having any more positive tests for Tennessee. And even if there are no more positive tests, again, see Maurice Hurst with the, with the Raiders from last week, the bills could be lining up, going up against guys who potentially have the virus and don't know it. And then they're spreading it to guys who could then bring it back to their families and their loved ones. It's a whole bunch of uncertainty and it's really it's frustrating and there's no easy way to do this i wish the nfl had looked into a bubble strategy like the nba and like the nhl did the nba adam silver should get commissioner of the decade award if even such a thing exists for his work with the bubble they made it through their game six of the finals coming up and there has not been any issues Outside of Lou Williams going to get wings at a strip joint in it, uh, that, that's the only real issue the league has had with regards to COVID. So I don't know. To me, it's kind of a lack of planning on the NFL's part. So what do you think is the likelihood that this Bills game gets played on Tuesday? I'm in the minority in this one, Jamie. I don't I don't think the game's going to happen. I, sorry, I don't think the game should happen. I think they're going to find a way to play it. They're going to force that square peg in a round hole and get these guys to play on Tuesday at 7 p.m. in Nashville. I don't think they should play it, but I think they're going to play it. What about you? You damn snowflake. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think it's getting played. Um, like you said, they're, they're going to make this happen. It's going to take one more Tennessee Titan to test positive to shut it down. We're at the weekend now. Can they keep it under control for the next few days? Well, I, I guess we're going to find out. Uh, but I, I say they've got an 80% chance of pulling this one off. Mm-hmm. 
Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. So, Jamie, if these two teams do play on Tuesday night, it would be only the second time since 1946 that a game has been played on a Tuesday night. Uh, incidentally enough, the last time it happened was 2010, and Leslie Frazier, now the Bills' defensive coordinator and assistant head coach, was currently the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings back then for that game. So he will have uh, participated in both of the Tuesday night games since 1946, a rare obscure fact for our believe listeners here on the podcast. I think Jamie, this game is fascinating. It's going to have major AFC playoff implications, uh, you know, tiebreaker implications, all sorts of goodies can come from this game. The Titans to me ugh, with Derek Henry being that focal point of the offense with Matt Milano, potentially being less than hundred percent with his injury, with the linebacking core kind of banged up to begin with. I worry about Derrick Henry running wild over the bills, even though Buffalo did a really good job on Josh Jacobs in week four. This is not a good matchup for the Buffalo bills uh, with Derrick Henry averaging a hundred, 106 yards per game. Now he's only averaging 3.9 yards per carry, but this this is exactly the type of running game that gives the Bills fits and has for the past couple of years. Derrick Henry was really solid against the Bills last year in the regular season game there. Um, Ryan Tannehill is an efficient quarterback, uh, though the Tennessee defense is not very good this year. They're giving up a ton of yardage on the ground. Uh, they're giving up something like uh, six yards per carry, which, which is awful. But you know, Tennessee has the kind of offense that is going to, they're going to take the air out of the ball. And as well as the Bills have been scoring, I think that their opportunities to do exactly that are going to dwindle. And this might be, this might be similar to the Rams game, but I've got a feeling the Bills are going to come out they're probably going to come out on the short end of the stick in this one. Uh, the Titans have they haven't played a game in two weeks. They're going to be well rested 
There also could be some rust, though, too, Jamie, that comes from that, especially without getting to actually do official, you know, team practices outside of the high school sessions that they held. I will say this. It's a it's a a bad matchup for the Bills, especially with A.J. Milano, like we said earlier, with the pectoral muscle injury that he's dealing with. Terrell Dodson did step up well in his place. Uh, against the Raiders last week, along with Tremaine Edmonds. A.J. Klein is is, is not good. Uh, Derrick Henry's going to have his way with that. But I don't know. I, I I think the Bills have a really good chance to win this game because the offense is rolling. The defense is finding its rhythm. How great was Josh Norman when the Bills needed him to last week? You know, 91% of the snaps he appears in. Only three completions did he allow for 20 total yards. He had that huge force fumble and recovery late in the fourth quarter that really turned momentum back towards the Buffalo Bills favor. I think the Bills have the matchup when it comes the advantage in the matchups when it comes to the secondary versus the Titans wide receivers who are banged up. Uh, Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys are both on the COVID list. AJ Brown is a good wide receiver, but he's kind of banged up too. And I feel like Trey White, uh, whoever's on him, whether Josh Norman gets some assignments, I think the Bills can have their way with the Titans receivers. Jonu Smith is Very a good, good tight end and the linebackers for Buffalo. It's another one of those tough matchups, Jamie, for the linebackers against the tight ends out there that we've kind of seen. Uh, but I think the Bills have the edge. If the defense plays the way they did the second half of the game last week versus the first half when they were bending but not breaking but still allowing Derek Carr to march far distances downfield. I give the Bills the edge because the offense is so much more prolific than Tennessee's. I expect it to be a high scoring contest, but I don't until someone stops Josh Allen, I'm not going to doubt this offense. That's entirely reasonable. Now, I, I'm one of the things that concerned me about the Bills defense against the Raiders is that they didn't really have the game under control until they started forcing turnovers, and you can't count on turnovers. They always come in bunches. It's like it, they're fits and spurts when it comes to turnovers, and you can't rely on them. You have to play good defense without that. And, you know, forcing one punt in the last two games is pathetic. That's bad defensive play. The Bills are extremely susceptible to outside zone runs and play action pass off of those outside zone runs. And that's all they're going to see for the rest of the season. It seems like the book is out on the Bills defense because it is is fairly simplistic. They like to play cover three. They like to play a cover four. And teams, they're taking a look at what's happening pre-snap. They're making those reads and they're making the Bills pay for not doing a great job of disguising their defensive fronts. So I just... You make a great point. I just have this gut feeling that this is going to be the Bills' first loss on the season, and they may well follow it up with a second loss against Kansas City, which, you know, if the Bills go from 4-0 to 4-2, and are people going to start acting like the sky is falling in? I hope they don't. Um, the Bills are a very good team this year. I want them to sustain it, and I think it'll be a close game. I, don't get me wrong here. This is not going to be a blowout. I just don't like the Bills defense against Derrick Henry, and I don't know that the Bills offense is going to have the ball in their possession for enough time to do the damage we've seen them do in the first few weeks. We'll see, though. The, the Titans defense is pretty bad. 
Time of possession is a key factor, Jamie. And I think if the Bills are facing a deficit in possession time, it does play well towards the Titans' chances of winning this game. But I don't know. I feel like, again, I think the Bills have the better offense. I think the Bills' defense, if they can rise to the occasion for what they did versus the Raiders last week. And, and yes, fumbles and turnovers you know, come in waves, and you got to be opportunistic, and you can't predict when they're going to come. But the Bills got way more pass pressure and pass rush on Derek Carr than I thought they were going to last week. And the Titans' offensive line is not great. I think the Bills can really get their way. It all depends, though, too, on who's available and who's injured uh, from the injury list. I know Jerry Hughes, uh, Mario Addison, some of the guys – or missed practice earlier this week. Trey White's been out for a little bit. Matt Milano with the pectoral injury. That's a bad loss. That's a really bad loss for a linebacking core that's depleted to begin with. But I don't know, Jamie. I, I'm Like I said, I'm a believer. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to beat the Tennessee Titans. Although, if the score was 2 nothing and it was a forfeit for the Bills to win, I wouldn't complain at all because they'd get that W and we'd not have to risk any COVID exposure. Well, I, I'm glad that's what we do here. You believe, we all believe here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Great segue, great wrap up for the show, Jamie. Great insights. As always, make sure to get involved with us on Twitter. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico. I am at John Boccasino. Of course, you can also comment on the articles on buffalorumblings.com. We want to hear from our fans here on Believe. Jamie, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll see what happens on Tuesday night. But win, lose, or draw, you can get all your Buffalo Bills news here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.